Welcome to Accelerate Your Wealth, a podcast by Rebecca Robertson, founder and director of Evolution Financial Planning. This series, we're focusing on female financial independence, looking towards a stronger financial future. Be sure to let us know your thoughts on the show and please do connect with us on Facebook, LinkedIn or Instagram or head over to www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk. Well, you've just got me today. It's Rebecca on my own. (laughs) It's a solo session today and welcome to me talking about the cost of living crisis. So I'm going to talk to you about this because I've just come off a call with a BBC um researcher journalist and they're putting together a piece of work that's not imminent um i'm not sure how it's going to they're going to be working on it for but it's going to be an interactive piece apparently so i'll be sharing that when that that comes out um they've been speaking to me and and, and others um so it sounds like it's going to be a great piece of work but what i thought i would share with you is some of the questions and areas that they asked me about and what I then discuss with them because I think it will be super interesting for you guys to hear um, it might not all really be relevant for you but I do believe in that you're then able to pass that information on to other people so even if you think the cost of living is not affecting you now you might be worried about it that it might do in the future um, or it might be that you are wondering okay well what's around the corner there's so much to think about there's so many things to consider here Um, And quite often my ramblings, they feel like ramblings, um, but there were some real nuggets when I was talking to him and I hope I can put those across as well. Now I am gonna be um, sharing some screens at different points um, in hope that that's helpful for those that are on YouTube, um, which is my new channel that I'm growing. So you can go and check that out, Rebecca Robertson on YouTube. Um, And obviously if you're, listening to this on Spotify or iTunes or wherever else and you enjoy the show please do leave a review and it really makes a big difference um, to the show and it shows me that people are hearing and listening and I should carry on doing what I'm doing so the more clapping and liking um, that I get then the more time effort I develop into putting into the show so it'd be lovely lovely to hear from you hey this is a special announcement I'm sorry to interrupt the show so when I recorded this show that you're listening to um, we this was three days before the bank base rate made a change and another prediction which is as you hear me say in the show I don't usually like talking about predictions because it can just change so quickly and here's an example of where that's happened so at the end of the show I'm going to do a little update just so you've got some further context but please bear in mind that if you listen to this in a day later a month later this context can change and it is a very fast moving world these days but I hope you enjoy the show so let's get started let's talk about first of all house prices okay so the question came up about what should people do that are wanting to buy they're renting at the moment and basically if there is a recession what will happen with house prices now this this is such a big question this is such a big area it's not a quick answer and if you look at 
what's being presented at the moment, even with everything that's gone on, house prices have still increased by nationwide statistics, uh, which were released only um, in the last week or so, um, <clears throat> were 11%. So that was in July. Uh, as an average for this year, it's gone up by 11%. Um, and normally in normal years and we can't really use 2020 or 2021 or 20 now 2022 as anything normal about it um but prior to that um prior in between you know 2008 with the recession so that period in between um it was on average around five to six percent a year so even then people that were renting were struggling to keep up with the house prices increasing. And what I found some people wanting to do is wait until the bubble bursts. Now, if you wait too long, you're talking a year or two, you could see anything from a 10 to 20% increase. And the issue with that is can you save quickly enough? And this comes back to the cost of living. And this then comes into, we talked about housing association, mortgages, right to buys, alternative strategies via buy to lets as well so that was a whole conversation around that which was interesting um, and then we started talking about renting where rent is going up um, but actually right now landlords 63% um, of them have not increased their rent um, this year yet and so they talked about okay well what things um, could people that are renting do in terms of their cost of living if um, people were landlords were to increase the rent. Um, so we found 63% aren't. However, if they do, it's a really good idea to have a conversation with your landlord in advance. So work out what your contract says, find out exactly what your rights are. So you can go onto the government website and research what your landlord should be doing for, to give you value for money. There's lots of regulations around what they should and shouldn't be doing. Um, and that's not to say they're a bad landlord, it's, but it's good just for you to understand contractually what their obligation is. Um, and then you can have a, a, either now or at the time when your contract is up for renewal, you can then decide, okay, I'm gonna have a con conversation with them. What are their plans? What, what, they, what are they thinking of doing? Do they foresee changing um, the amount of rent that is chargeable? Now, that might be a more imminent conversation you need to have with them um, based on the cost of um, energy if your rent includes gas and electric and such like. And, and I'll come on to that separately in a second. So that was that was the piece for, for those, um, those, those people in that situation. But of course, people that are wanting to get on the property ladder, what can they do apart from a they can't? Um, get on a shared ownership or um, anything like that so then there, a lot of people are actually either downsizing in the properties that they're renting um, or which you know you need to make sure you've got a really good credit file and your credit rating and your finances are in a good position so that you can move because there's a lot of expectations around like a bit like a mortgage application now when you then apply for it to be a tenant um, is you then people are moving back into with their parents so we're finding that a lot of people are not renting on their own and they're moving back in with family now family could then look at maybe releasing equity from their house like an equity release mortgage and obviously it's best to get some really clear advice on whether that's suitable for them or not um but they're able to then gift that lump sum to enable the person to potentially buy a house rather than rent so Although the cost of living is putting a squeeze on people, it also then makes people have to make decisions. 
Um, now, the problem with making decisions is when you're stressed, you're then unlikely to be able to make a clear decision. So one of the key things I mentioned um, is that the mindset that we have around money, whatever stress stressful situation that you're in or you're, you're becoming to feel, is that you listen to podcasts, you, you read books. I have a book on Amazon, 10 Ways to Accelerate Your Wealth. Uh, those on YouTube, I'm just going to show you a picture. Go and check it out. It's a five uh, five star, no, yeah, it's Amazon bestseller in nine categories and it has a five star rating. Um, so what was I saying? I got completely thrown there for a second. Yeah, get the mindset. So the, there's two or three chapters in the book actually about mindset and how you're feeling about things and how things are being triggered for you. And that does sound a little bit woolly, sounds a little bit, um, you know, fluffy. But for some people who are in a really stressful situation, it's very hard to make decisions. Um, when it comes to shifting um, where they need to be thinking and what they need to be doing to take the action. They end up having, um, if it's not perfect, they won't do it, um, analysis paralysis, um, and they end up this is feeling really overwhelmed and not really doing anything or making some bad decisions because they haven't had the headspace to take a step back from their current circumstances. So having the right support around you, having people to talk to and finding out what all your options are. Now, the way I described it with the BBC guy was talking about an analogy of like running the marathon. So the next six months, and I'm going to talk a little bit about what's around the corner, is not going to be great for a lot of people. It's going to be a really quite bad situation for a group of people. Um, and in general, there's going to be you know a few that are all right and it's not even they're not even going to know what's going on as a percentage of society who knows but let's just got to say like the upper wealthy are not really going to be too bothered about the energy price cap uh, that's not going to affect them at all inflation's not really going to affect them too much but there's going to be a middle society where we're going to see some shifts and changes happening and then unfortunately those that are in very low earning families are going to really really struggle so the crisis is going to affect people very differently so um what i was talking to you about is running the marathon so de depending on you know how big your marathon is how big the challenge is going to be over the next six months depends on how much effort you need to put in so those that are you know doing the biggest marathon they've got the biggest stretch they've got the biggest commitment they've got the biggest um period to run over and the biggest struggles and um, they need more help but they also need more um strength they need more fitness and they need to be more agile and so with that, you can't be complacent and you can't be lazy and you have to have a really strong uh, mindset. So in that regard, um, it's imperative, whatever stage you're at, that you are um, listening to podcasts, reading books and making sure you've got all the facts in front of you to enable you to make those changes. So what could the, the future look like? So there's um, the Bank of England, put the Bank of England, the base rate up, um, obviously a little while ago now. Um, and will it go up again? Yes, I do foresee that they will put it up again. Now, this information, I am referring to some data because I don't remember everything off the top of my head, so excuse me. Um, but there's some information that was um, sort of like a projection put together, which is from the Institute for Government Analysis of the Bank of England. Um, it's a monetary policy report, um, and it's usually issued in February and May. Um, and it's issued by the Office of Public Responsibility, Economic and Fiscal Outlook. Um, so what they foresee is that um, inflation 
um, basically will reach its peak around 10% around um, the latter part of this year. Um, and then it will stop, which is it's now, so around now. Um, and then it will start to, not straight away, next year start to peter off a little. So what they're basically saying is by spring, we should start to see inflation really drop off. Now, the, the way I described this um, to uh, the BBC guy was like a ripple effect. So the COVID and basically energy prices and energy costs and the supply and demand on certain goods around the world and staffing issues, et cetera, has had a massive chain of events that have inc increased inflation. So the Bank, Bank of England increased the bank base rate to slow that down and, and, a, and a hope that it will um, start to then peter off, which is what they're predicting to happen around the second quarter of next year. So for the next quarter, so the next sort of, you know, the basically the summer months, so sorry, the, the winter months, we're going to have some difficult periods, but it's not to say it's going to happen forever. It's not going to be ongoing forever. Now, if we have a recession in that period of time, then they sort of predict, we, we don't have a crystal ball, who knows what's going to happen with the war and Putin, etc. But I just feel that it's important for me to share what I little information I can gather and I do know if it can help people then fantastic or give a little peace of mind then fantastic so when 08 we had the recession it was impacted us for about a year or so and it took a couple of years for things to sort of balance back out but it was so previous years it took longer to recover um, if we have an official recession it will mean that we um, basically unemployment needs to massively uh, drop unemployment at the moment is so other way around unemployment needs to be very high whereas at the moment employment is very high unemployment is low um, so we'd have to have large institutions large companies making mass redundancies not because of like for example Lloyds Banking are shutting branches that's been coming for ages that's just part of evolution of the high street unfortunately um, as it may be in the online world Whereas um, I'm talking about large companies that basically don't need staff anymore. So you're talking shops like Asda and B&Q and who employ thousands and thousands of people making mass redundancies and then those people losing their jobs. We don't foresee that happening at this time. Um, so if but if we have what would be like a bubble of a recession of some sort, um, even if it's in the statistics, in the stats, not necessarily with it, unemployment included, um, the ripple effect, the bubble, if you like, won't be as big or as long. It will be a, over a shorter period of time. And in terms of the financial markets, currently most asset managers feel that we've had our drop and we've had the bad stuff happen. And when that typically happens, when we're in a bull or a bear market, the, the jump back can be super quick, as quick as it jumped down again. So similarly, there's um, a ripple effect with, when it comes to this. So the housing and so the energy costs, energy prices, along with inflation, are creating a higher increase in things that we buy, which then increases everybody to increase their prices. So, example, my local shop, he has beer and fridges and freezers with lollies and frozen food. And about a year ago, it cost him about two or three hundred pounds a month to keep those fridges and front uh, fridges and freezers running. Now it's costing him closer to 800 pounds. 
So it's over double and we still have an increase coming in October, which at this point in time, um, Cornwall, who basically stipulate what they predict to be the cap to be set, which is set by Ofgem, um, as of this recording, um, was um, going to be uh, for January, um, would be £3,615 from January. Um, now, bear in mind, it was 1400 last October. It's a huge jump. And for a lot of people, that would be detrimental to their financial and family's well-being, especially if they were already on a poverty line. So um, <laughs> I've lost my, lost my train of thought. I get passionate, <laughs> lose my train of thought. Let me bring back to what I was talking about. I told you my rants, I can have these amazing epiphanies um, and then I go off on a tangent and you're just going to, I'm really sorry, just going to have to deal with it. It's just how, how I work. I'm learning to love it rather than trying to be a perfectionist around it myself. So I was talking about um, the cost of living increasing and the next six months and what we're seeing that, that change. So the ripple effect will be very difficult over this next winter. So we're, I'm recording this in the summer. Um, it's going to be difficult for a lot of people over the winter. But at this time, no one has a crystal ball. I don't know this for a fact. It's looking like that that actually should start to resolve itself the second quarter of next year. Now, I don't like to make predictions because who knows, especially based on the last couple of years. But I think it's really important for me to share the data that I'm seeing, not just with my clients on conversations, but because of what um, data that I'm looking at and I'm finding. So I hope that gives you a little peace of mind that the, the, unfortunately the ripple effect, the initial bump that we've had is not necessarily the biggest. Now, the reason being is because the cost of oil is actually has a delayed effect. So we see it quicker on our oil, on our pumps when we're getting diesel and gas, um, unleaded gas um, for our, sorry, unleaded petrol for our cars and vehicles. Um, but because of the way that gas prices are charged, it has a knock on effect for the next, normally they're like the next quarter. So we won't start to see our energy prices go down until the second adjustment of next year, which is in the April time. Now, that increase that I mentioned of 3,363, the government are obviously offering a 400 pound um, help. So that's added to most households, added to their bill. Um, and basically you then don't, your, your bill's reduced, um, which will help a lot of people. Their average increase um, is predicted to be around 70, 80 pounds a month. Um, from October, that's the average expected. Now for some that will be different. It does depend if you're on a meter, if you're paying on a card, um, if you're paying by direct debit, etc. So um, it's really worthwhile going back to the point of knowing where you can buy the cheapest unleaded petrol. Do you fill up in one go? Do you do, um, when you're back, we're back to school, do you look at doing uh, shared journeys with other parents? Is it best to get a bus um, rather than paying diesel? Um, trains are usually more expensive these days, but there are some deals for some people where you can get cheaper train tickets. What ways could you reduce using your petrol um, and be more cost effective with it? Um, so planning journeys better. Um, when it comes to the household, 
Um, insulation will be my biggest tip. How can you draft exclude, reduce the amount of um, air, hot air getting out of the house, buying duvets, thick duvets now in the summer rather than waiting to winter when there'll be a higher demand for it and they're likely to be more expensive than now in the summer. Um, and, you know, extra clothing for the kids, extra woolly socks um, and shutting doors, having certain radiators turned off where possible. Um, we have a log burn fire fireplace, so we're going to be stocking up on loads of wood ready for the winter. Um, now, over the next few months, keep it dry um, and then we can use that in the winter time that will reduce our gas bill. Um, so there's lots of things, practical things that we can do. But again, it is like a muscle. It is like um, we get really busy in our lives. It can feel very overwhelming. You have to see it like a project, like a challenge, like the marathon that you're going to run. And what practical things as you as a family, how you can come together to avoid conflict, bring the children into the equation. Can they get uh, pocket money rather than just having, you know, can they help around the house? Can they help their neighbors? Can they get a paper run? Can they help at a local farm or a local shop? And um, what could they be doing to bring value to the house either by helping financially or just providing support as a family? Bring, bring the conversation to the dinner table rather than bringing the, stre the stress and potential guilt or shame that we might be holding as parents because that is not a good baton to hand over to our children. Um, practical solutions that we can find to bring them, bring them together and sit down and be honest with them about and have an honest conversations. Um, looking at your outgoings. So looking at what you're currently paying out for and what you could get rid of. Insurances, are they good value for money? Do you still need them? Do they put the right things in place? Make sure you have got life cover, you have got critical illness, you have got income protection where you need it. Make sure you do have the right things in place. So we didn't talk about too much of that kind of thing um, with the BBC guy. I, obviously, I, that's something I specialise in. Um, and I think it's worth mentioning. So we, we they're going to be doing a bigger piece around that and, that. and that's a whole other piece. We then went on to talk about um, debt. Um, and we talked about um, those that are for their mortgages, um, what their options are. So if you were on a fixed rate that was coming up, what should you do? Or if you was on a variable rate now, what should you do? And what I discussed with them is if you've got somebody who is... Um, on a fixed rate coming up for a nil, you can go to your existing provider early and find out what's available and then research the market, speak to a broker. I have Jenny in my team who can help with that kind of thing. Um, so do get in touch with us if that's something you're interested in. Um, and that we can research the market, a broker can research the market. There was often a fee involved. So it's, you know, whether you want to do that yourself, you, you can. Um, and um, research whether that the fixed rate you're getting offered by your existing company is better or not. Now, the thing is, with a new company, it's a new application. So you need to give it time, usually at least eight to 12 weeks, at least um, for a remortgage, which is where you take one mortgage away from another to another company. Um, but you want to make sure that you're in the best financial position. So it's worth sort of touching your toe in the water with that new lender to make sure that um, you know you meet their criteria from a lending perspective quite often if you're going to a bank or building society directly their brokers or their they're not brokers sorry their advisors um, are very very booked up in advance so you do need to um, they often don't have a, a huge amount of staff 
So um, getting appointments and having all your paperwork ready, your bank statements, you can answer all their questions, um, having your accounts if you're self-employed or a limited company director ready, um, making sure that you've got all your, your ducks in a row and you get a copy of your credit file, make sure there's nothing on there that shouldn't be on there. Same if you're renting, that's a really good tip as well. And then you can see if you can get those better mortgage deals and that might save you money. Now, but if you have other debt outside of your mortgage, um, you might need to look at, okay, is it worth me, I don't know, selling my car, for example, downsizing my car and then getting rid of my car finance? Is it better that um, then I'd get a better mortgage rate if I was, I'd get better lending? So there's a lots of things and lots of elements that are like with mortgages are into shifting parts and you can't make those financial decisions until you have the facts and everyone's personal circumstances are different so again it's a bit of a marathon it's a bit of a, a muscle that we need to stretch we need to work on um, and research the different um, options that are available to us um, when it comes to debt um, and the spiral of debt um, it's uh, crucial to keep your head above water and it's really important that when you're looking at um, you know, clearing off debts, that you're paying off the ones that have the highest interest rates first. Um, and you can, you can do that on a gradual basis, but by keeping all the credit cards as much as you can on 0% is imperative. Now, for a lot of people that are in the lower end of the scale when it comes to their outgoings, their outgoings might be, for example, 30, 40% of it goes on rent, another 15, 20% of it goes on utilities and gas and electric, another 15, 20% just goes on general living, food, etc. And they've just got like 10% left over. Um, and maybe even less, like maybe none, maybe at a point where actually you're in a situation where you are having to use credit cards um, to survive, to pay for food, etc. That is going to be a very likely outcome for many people over the next six months. But what's imperative with it, if you are in that situation, is that, for example, you can um, buy the produce using maybe a cashback kind of card, whether that's Nectar Points with someone like Sainsbury's, um, or you're um, using a credit card that when you buy certain things, it gives you points back. Um, I believe Utility Warehouse, who's a gas and electric company, they have something similar. Credit cards with air miles are not as um, uh, competitive as they used to be. But wherever you can, you can research different options and find ways to maximize that spending. You know you're going to spend it. You, need, you know you need the diesel. You know you need the food. You know you need things that need to be bought um, put, to put food on the table, right? Um, so um, then if you find that the, the interest rate, the rolling interest rate of that purchase is like 27, 28, 29%, then trans you need to transfer that debt onto a 0%. The problem that a lot of people have, however, is that you can't do that on a monthly basis. Um, and if you're having to continually do that on a monthly basis, it can be become, become very, it can become very difficult because um, credit card companies um, won't allow you to have a um, excessive credit versus debt. So let's just say you have a credit limit of 10,000 and you're using 75% of that. So it's 7,500. And then you apply for another credit card for 5,000 because you want to transfer one from 5,000 that's on a high interest rate onto another. Then you're in a very difficult situation because then you're asking for 15,000 in terms of your credit. You're increasing your credit. Now they assume you want to buy something with that. They don't assume that you're doing the debt consolidation from a lending perspective 
And so therefore they're saying, no, you can only have a credit limit of 2000, for example. So then you get yourself into this sort of chicken and egg scenario. And that's in a, you know, a worst case situation for a lot of people, if they have stopped their spending and they're then just keeping up with the monthly payments on a 0%, then they um, maybe have too many on 0%, all coming to renewal at one point, And then they, they find it difficult to then get the new credit that's available. So again, it is a muscle, it is a, a marathon. You have to keep your head above water and you have to understand all the options that are available to you. There's some amazing websites out there that can help you when it comes to getting debt advice. Step Change is a charity. Um, so if you go to www.stepchange.org.uk, um, they are, actually no, it's just .org, sorry. Um, they are an amazing resource that can help you. Um, another website is moneyhelper.org.uk, which is a government backed HM government um, uh, government backed uh, website uh, that's also linked to pension wise um, they used to be part of the money and pension service which is a you know reg a reg government regulated organization um, it's also crisis um, so www.crisis.org.uk um, who uh, together we will end homelessness and they're all about supporting um, their members and their fam families to um, avoid going into um, homelessness. Um, and uh, that's a really good website that's also available for people to look at. So we've talked about quite a few different subjects today, mortgages and debt and house prices and renting and buying and inflation and what's around the corner and gas and electric prices. I've talked about lots of different things and I hope there's something there that sparks your interest or gets you thinking or gets you moving and making some decisions. But more than anything, if there's um, what I really empower women to do is if there's something that you need to make a decision about, find the people that you need to help you make that decision um, so that you can then get on with it, move on, and you'll be able to then feel so much more freer um, and you'll be able to feel so much more in control and basically more confident, which allows you to move on and make more bigger, better decisions for you and your family. I hope that's been a help. I'd love to hear your feedback. Do leave me a review if you found that helpful and sending you all lots of love on what's a sunny day today, but you never know when you're listening to this, right? <laughs> it could be a gloomy day when you're listening to this, but today is a beautiful day. And I wishing you all the best of luck um, when it comes to whatever you're up to at the moment. Take care. Hey, so I promised you a little update. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show thus far. Um, so as of the 4th of August, I'm recording, this is being released on around mid-August, um, Bank of England put bank base rate up to slow what they're predicting to be um, a further inflation peaking at 13% by the end of this year in 2022. So bank base rate is now at 1.75. So that will mean that when I've talked about in the show about Bank, uh, fixed rates going up and about standard variable rates going up that's what you'll start to see so the advice stands the suggestion stands to look at jumping on the fixed rate now especially if you're not planning on moving or got great big changes in the future um now they're expecting to inflation to peak um, at 13 percent by the end of this year now i've already mentioned in the show that this winter is going to be a very very tricky and for the lower wage earners it's going to be particularly very difficult so you're going to see a lot of doom and gloom over this winter period 
Um, they've also, the Bank of England also forecast um, that the economy will shrink over this winter. We're quite lucky in the summer because what happens is we're spending more in the UK economy from holidays, etc. But that will shrink going into the winter, especially when the people will start to see being more careful. Um, the um, Ofcom have obviously set October's gas and electric rates, sorry, gas um, uh, rates um, for the gas and electric bills. Um, so the Bank of England are projecting that we will go into this economy, uh, this recession, sorry, and that will that ripple effect that I talked about will go into 2023. Um, and there some other pieces of news that I've seen that they see it will go into the whole of 2023. Um, other pieces previously to me recording this said it would only go into the second quarter of the 2023. So now, however, we've got at the moment, we've got a big thing going on with who's actually going to be running the country as of the 1st of September or the 5th of September, something like that. Um, and Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak um, have very different views as to how they're going to tackle this. Gordon Brown, who was the previous um, Chancellor of the Exchequer um, and um, basically was a Labour um, candidate, I'm not sure the right word, MP, um, is saying that more needs to be done. There's, there's lots of things that need to be done to, do, to, to look after lower income families. But it's gonna be an adjustment for everybody across the board, um, apart from those in the top, top percentiles, um, who it doesn't really matter. For everybody else, it is gonna affect people to a certain degree, whether, whether how they're gonna make cutbacks and et cetera. But it is an opportunity, however, to get your finances in a place where they're super strong um, and tick all the boxes so that you're maximizing the position that you're in. Um, so that's why this podcast is here. That's why you should go and check out my book, 10 Ways to Accelerate Your Wealth. Um, and if you do like this pod podcast, please do leave a review. It really does make a big difference um, in the rankings and the downloads and all that kind of stuff, because it then shows more people our podcast and we can help then more people. So that's a little update um, from... Well, I recorded this and um, I will see you on next week's show. Sending you lots of love. Take care. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Accelerate Your Wealth. For further help or to connect with Rebecca directly, please head over to the website www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk where you can find further information on our planner, book and how to further maximise your wealth. For any regulated advice, please do head over to www.evolutionfinancialplanning.co.uk.